Hey guys, welcome to the Life Well Lived podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Kirby, and I'm so excited to bring you guys episode one as we really begin this journey together towards living a life well lived. And so what does that mean exactly? I wanted to start off with this very first episode telling you guys a little bit about what my vision for this podcast is, how the layout of the podcast is going to go, and then also telling you a little bit about myself over this first podcast so that you guys, if you don't know me, can learn who I am, what I'm about. And if you do know me, maybe you can learn some stuff that I have never shared with you before. Some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about in this podcast today is going to be first time stuff. I've actually never talked about some of this stuff publicly. Those that are closest to me know this. And uh, those that are not super close, uh, this will be new information. So I'm excited to go over the layout of the podcast, a little bit about my life, and then we're going to rock and roll from there. So uh, welcome to the Life Well Live podcast, and I'm excited that you're with me. Hi guys, I'm Kyle Kirby, an entrepreneur, speaker, and friend, and welcome to Life Well Lived, a podcast designed to give you the ins and outs, the goods, and what you need to scale your life to the next level. So the Life Well Lived podcast is a podcast that's been on my heart and my mind for a little while to get rolling here. For those of you that are uh, really close friends of mine, you know I've been talking about getting this going uh, for sure for a couple months here. But even longer than that, I've really been looking to get this podcast going. And that's because I, I look at the world we live in today and I think podcasting is a great opportunity to really learn things, to hear things, to know things that you otherwise would not know, that you would not ever hear about. And, you know, when I first started hearing about podcasting, it, it came through personal development. And personal development is a great opportunity if you're new to personal development, is all about just bettering ourselves. Kind of the whole purpose of the Life Well Lived podcast is how can we better ourselves, better our circumstances, better our lives to live the best life, to live a life well lived. And so when I first started uh, hearing this concept, it more came in the form of audiobooks, right? Audio CDs. And what I learned, and I don't quite remember who said it, but they talked about that you can utilize your car as an opportunity to earn a master's degree or maybe even a doctorate in whatever tools or whatever subject you'd like to learn on. And obviously it's a metaphorical doctorate, a metaphorical master's degree, because no one's going to give you a certificate. But then I idea was if you want to get a master's degree in leadership, you listen to enough leadership podcasts utilizing just your car or enough leadership books just in the time it takes you go from your house to work and your work to your house again, that over time you're going to get the information you need to learn how to get a master's in leadership, to learn how to get a doctorate in leadership because of the hours spent. So uh, for the average person, they're spending a lot of time in their car. You know, I hear about people that are spending 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour a day in traffic one way. Well, that can equal, let's say you're going an hour each way. That's two hours a day you could utilize in your car to learn about leadership or communication or how to learn how to live a better life or how to develop a new skill or to learn more about the relationship with your spouse or how to treat your kids in a certain way or how to grow or interact with your kids in a certain way. 
And so that concept first came to me in that way of, hey, I'm in the car already a lot. Why not utilize this time? For example, at, currently at a place in my life, I travel um, between two different cities on a regular basis, at least a couple times a week, if not more. And one way is an hour and 45 minutes. So I know per week, per week, I have an hour, 45 minutes times two, basically four hours in the car, three and a half to four hours in the car to, to learn something. Now I've got a couple options here. I could go option one and just like listen to the radio and be constantly filled with whatever the radio has, but also tons of ads that are just selling me the life they want me to live. Ads that are telling me I needed to get a new car or I need uh, to try this program or I need to go do this thing or I need to eat at this place. And to me, that that's just a waste of time. It's not a bad place to be, but it's a waste of time when we could be filling with better things. So the other side of I, I could listen to something that is not necessarily selling me something or is a, a waste of time like like the radio, but is more along the lines of unnecessary comedy or unnecessary things like gossip. There's a lot of podcasts out there or there's a lot of uh, radio shows or things to listen to that maybe don't have commercials, but they don't really fill our life, right? I think it's very similar to like junk food. Do I enjoy a, a movie on Netflix every once in a while? Or do I enjoy something on that new Disney Plus service that, uh, yeah, of course I enjoy it, but I enjoy it in the same way that like someone would enjoy McDonald's every once in a while and Burger King that, yeah, it was kind of tasty, but it added no nutritional value to my life. The Netflix adds no nutritional value to my mind. And uh, I'm probably worse off from listening and watching to it than I really am doing the other end. Now, again, there is time in our life where we need to have that relaxation. We need to have a break. We need to have a piece of cheesecake to enjoy. But it really revolved around the idea of can I live this better life by filling my mind with positive things, to fill my mind with things like leadership or fill my mind with things that help me become a better communicator, a better friend, a better husband. And that's where this whole concept came in that I was like, could I get a master's degree in husbandry, right? <laughs> not, not the horse kind, but uh, like the spouse kind by listening to podcasts that are going to help me better my relationship with Beth. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Beth is my wife. I'll get into that a little bit here in a bit. But um, it was this mindset of how can I fill my time? So from there, knowing that I could utilize my car to grow, it turned into listening to different podcasts that were going to better my life. Okay. And I know a lot of you that are listening to podcasts and are listening to this already have some favorite podcasts that are better your life that are providing you things that help you grow as a human being that offer you maybe fitness or nutrition or health tips. Maybe they offer you things on how to build your business, how to build side hustles. Maybe they're designed for motivation and inspiration. So when I first decided to create this podcast, that was my goal. I wanted to center around people that are going to be in their car from anywhere between 15 to 30 to 45 minutes a day that on their way to any place, maybe it's even just going out to dinner or something, they can pop in one of these podcasts and listen to something that is full of optimism, that is full of inspiration, that is full of motivation, that is full of things that are good for your ears to listen to and fill your time with things that are of high quality, high mental quality, high emotional quality, rather than just listening listening to garbage, listening, listening to that fast food type podcast or fast food type radio that, hey, it's kind of entertaining while you're listening, but it has no nutritional value. So when I first 
decided to start this podcast. It was actually a couple months ago. If any of you guys have listened to Rachel Hollis, uh, she is the author of uh, Girl, Wash Your Face, Girl, Stop Apologizing. She's got this thing called the Rise Conference. I went to the Rise Business Conference as a small business owner myself. And it was this mindset that leaving the conference came out with tons of stuff. If you guys haven't listened to Rachel Hollis's stuff, she's got the Rise podcast, a, a podcast I know my wife Beth absolutely loved. I've listened to it quite a few times. She's got one with her husband. Great material. I high, highly recommend the Rachel Hollis podcast, Rachel Hollis material. You can find her on Instagram, all that good stuff. But I came out of the conference with the mindset of like, I can do this. I think things like creating videos or creating, creating podcasts, any sort of content, it it's vulnerability, right? It's putting stuff out in the world. And I know many of you are out there that there's stuff that you have to give to the world. Now, it doesn't even have to be artsy stuff, right? It's not even necessarily a painting or music or anything, but you have stuff to give to the world, but there's a certain sort of fear before you give to the world. There's a certain sense of vulnerability um, that makes us second guess ourselves. And so I walked out of this conference with all the confidence in the world that I'm going to start this podcast. I've got goals to reach people. Even if I only reach one person, I'm going to inspire that one person. But man, I sure hope I can reach a lot of people, all these things. And that was a couple months ago and nothing ever happened. I talked about it to my friends, to my team. I, I, I'm going to start this podcast. I'm going to do this stuff. And I never did. I, I one of my one of my friends and teammates, Emily, um, she's similar thinking about starting a, a YouTube video. And we kept going back and forth. It was like, well, when you do yours, I'll do mine. When I do mine, you do yours. And, and, and I just never did. She was giving me the best accountability in the world. And I just couldn't get it started. And it was a reflection to realize that vulnerability is hard. If you guys have ever read any of Brene Brown's book, she talks a lot about vulnerability and stepping into the arena, the arena of life and putting things out in the world that you know can be made fun of. Things that you know can be come across as arrogant or self-centered, things that people might criticize, things that people might say things that are bad about. And that's what vulnerability is. It's taking that risk to say, I might get slain in the arena. I might get mocked in front of, sometimes our minds think this, right? In front of millions of people. When in reality, it's it's never probably that much. And um, But we, we put these mindsets on ourselves, these, these emotions on ourselves to think, if I put this out there, people are going to think of me differently. If I put this out there, they're not going to think of me as a good mom or a good dad. They're not going to think of me as a, a good husband, a good wife, a good son, a good daughter. They're not going to think of me as a good business person. They're not going to, you, you have this, this criticism of yourself that we, we have, if you're anything like me, that you have that one person in your mind that, man, if they comment, they're just going to say something negative. And it doesn't even matter how many of you guys have felt this before, that it doesn't even matter if a thousand people were like, this is the greatest thing ever. If, if a thousand people said, this changed my life. It's always about that one person. It, we're afraid of that one comment on social media, that one gossip, that, that one comment made by, by a family member at Thanksgiving or Christmas that tears us to the ground to think, well, you're right. I'm not worthy of this. I, I shouldn't have ever done that. I should have never put that out there. Who was I to think I was a good enough singer, to think I was a good enough writer, to, to think to myself I was a good enough person to do that? Who am I to start a podcast? Who am I to, to put my thoughts out into the world? People aren't going to listen to this. And if they do, they're going to think this is a waste of time. I, I'm a few minutes in here already. And man, what a waste of a podcast. 
that's the type of mindset so often we put on ourselves. And that's what I was putting on myself, that I was I was not willing to be vulnerable with myself, vulnerable in the world to put the things that I knew I needed to put out there. But the truth of the matter is people do need your story. They do need your thoughts. They do need that work of art. They do need your writing. They do need you to be the best mom you can be, the best wife you can be, the best husband you can be, the best dad you can be. People need that, not just your kids, not just your spouse, not just your friends. The world needs what you have to offer. And so if there's one thing I've learned in this journey I've gone on to set up this podcast, to get this rolling, to get episode one just all out of my heart, out of my mind and into the world is that you got to be vulnerable. You got to be willing to do the things that you are scared to do in order to possibly make an impact to scale your life to the next level, to live a life well lived. And man, is that scary? Hell yeah, that's scary. Man, that's that's one of the scariest things out there. But it's necessary. And I think it's necessary because if we don't do those things, if we don't step into the arena, if we don't step onto the court, if we don't step onto the field, if we don't step in to who we need to become, to what God designed us to be, the destiny that we were created for, then then we're just living a life that is going to be forgotten. We're living a life that is going to not make an impact. I think one of my greatest fears that has made me create a podcast to put myself out into the world, to do the things I need to do is, well, what if I don't? What if I didn't create the podcast? What if I didn't write the book? What if I, who, who's going to be negatively impacted? It's not even about what if I do, right? That's what it started off as is what if I put this out there, the criticism is going to come. People are going to think differently of me. But from there it turned into, but what if I don't? And I think that's an important question to ask ourselves when we're looking to be vulnerable, when we're looking to put the stuff out in the world that is scared to put out, it's easy to stay where we're at, right? That, that, that's homeostasis. The body wants to stay there. The body and the mind, they're comfortable. We're comfortable living with the income we have. We've adapted, whether that's a lot or a little, we're, we're adapted. We're comfortable with the relationships we have. Why go get new relationships? Things are okay. They're not great, but they're okay. But if there's anything I've learned over the years, one of my favorite quotes is, you have to give up the good for the great. And so as we create this podcast, as we talk over the next weeks, months, years, become friends, I want you to know that if you're not looking to live a great life, if you're not looking to live a life well-lived, then this podcast might not be for you. Because the goal of this podcast is to scale our life, to scale our business, to scale our relationships, to learn things that inspire us, to motivate us to listen to optimism in a world full of negativity. And if you're not looking for that sort of thing, there's a lot of other podcasts out there. And and I highly recommend that you continue looking for a podcast that is something that is going to help you live the comfortable life that you want to live. But, but for those of you that are looking to live a great life, an exceptional life, and I don't care if you're a teenager, if you're in your 20s, 30s, maybe you're in your 50s, 60s, maybe you're in retirement, doesn't matter. 
A great life starts now. A great life can begin at any moment. A great life can be resurrected at any moment. And I, one of the things I'll tell you guys that makes me so mad is when I talk to someone that thinks they're too young or too old. Well, I, I'm only in high school. How am I supposed to do that? I'm only in college. How am I supposed to do that? I'm only in my 20s. I'm only in my 30s. Well, at what point does that end? And on the other end, I hear about people, well, I'm already 50. I can't start that now. I don't deserve those dreams. Dreams are for young people. Well, okay, so are the 40s the only magic time to, to get things to happen? Of course not. So it's about starting now. And it's about making the things happen that we want to happen to live the life that we want to live and knowing that you deserve it. And does it take vulnerability? Yeah. Does it take putting yourself out there? Yeah. Does it take risking criticism from some of our closest friends? Isn't that crazy? Sometimes it's easier, right, to get criticism from a complete stranger because what do they know? They don't know me. Let a complete stranger be, be, be a critique, be a, be a critic, give you critiques. But our closest friends, what if they think of me differently? What if my family thinks of me differently? You got to risk it, guys. You got to risk that vulnerability, stepping into the arena, putting your craft into the world in order to change it. And you got to be willing to do that because of the what if you don't? What if you don't change the world? I love that mindset. I heard a story about uh, time travel. And it talked about one of the big problems with time travel movies and time travel shows and comics and all this stuff is people are afraid if they go 50 years in the past, they might do something small that changes everything in the future, right? They go 50 years back, they say hi to this one person, and 50 years later, World War III is happening. But isn't it funny that we don't necessarily think that in our own day and age, that the small, seemingly inconsequential things that we're doing right now could make massive impact 10, 20, 50 years in the future? No, that's some science fiction stuff. No, that's reality. The things we do right now can change the world. And so not only is it like you have to put your stuff out in the world. We're at a day and age where not only is it important for yourself, but it's necessary it's necessary to take that next step, to take that next level and, and put your art into the world because if you don't, what's not going to happen? And that's what it turned into me. It turned into this fear. If I don't start this podcast, if I don't reach out to people, what negativity will happen? What good won't happen? And that started to scare me. And I'm being real with you guys here because I want you to know my heart and the reason for starting this podcast. This might be the heaviest podcast we have for a while, and I hope it is. I hope to fill you guys with optimism and inspiration. We're going to have a lot of interviews in these podcasts. A lot of it's going to be me talking to you about some of my thoughts, the things I'm learning, the things I'd like for you to learn that I've learned in my journey. But I want you to know that I'm out here and I'm being vulnerable with you so that we can live the best life possible so that together we can live a life well lived for you as a mom or dad or as a son or daughter or as a husband or a wife whatever that may be for you that we can live a life well lived and scale our lives to the next level 
So next, I want to transition to telling you guys a little bit about myself so that you guys can know my journey, where I'm coming from, some of my mindset, and everything you can about me, at least in one podcast that I can fill, so that we can become friends and that we can become close. And even though maybe I don't know you listening, I'd love for you to get connected with me on Instagram or Facebook or uh, what is our Snapchat, whatever those things are, so that we can I can get to know you too. But I figured I'd start off by letting you guys know everything about me so that we can move on from here and build a good relationship together as these podcasts get released. So I'll start off just kind of ranting a little bit about myself, my journey, and my story. So I personally was born in San Antonio, Texas. My name is Kyle Kirby. If you haven't met me yet, I currently live in River Falls, Wisconsin. And I started the journey, obviously, in Texas. Grew up there for the first eight years of my life. And I, I always joke, I think that kind of messed me up, going from Texas to Minnesota and Wisconsin, Texas to the north, because I learned my words in the south, but and like in an accent, but then I moved up to the accent of the north, so I mess up a lot of words. So my my wife Beth makes fun of me all the time. Like there's a few words like, hey, the thing that holds your brain in, what is that called? Well, if I think about it first, I, I have to think. I've trained myself all, over the years. That's your skull. I probably didn't say it right there still, but it's your skull. But if I didn't think about it, I would just call that your skull. <laughs> you know, um, at at nighttime, I lay my head on a pillow. But if I didn't think about it first, it'd be, it's a pillow. (laughs) Uh, I I call the sister of my mom an aunt, right? I know now it's an aunt, right? And maybe some of you are out there still saying, no, it's aunt, right? (laughs) Uh, But aunt, aunt, it it doesn't quite matter. But it was kind of funny growing up in Texas, and I love Texas. But then moving to the north and learning, it was almost like learning a new language of, oh, oh, you betcha, and uh, see you later, fella, and all that sort of stuff. And I feel like I'm pretty northern now, but Maybe you'll hear that a little bit in my accent sometimes is I'm sure I'll be like, oh, or oofta or you betcha, some some stuff like that. But I grew up in Texas and I always laugh. It's funny living in the north now. I only saw snow, I think, once or twice when I was a kid. I remember one time it snowed and we tried to make a snowman, but man, the snow didn't even cover the bottom of the uh, like ground. Like, I mean, you could still see the grass, right? And then one time we had like an ice storm and it was so bad. Some of you have uh, heard this. Maybe you live in Texas or grew up in Texas or have just been in Texas or even read the news about Texas that when an ice storm hits, everything shuts down. And I remember we didn't have like a furnace or anything in our house for like two days we went over to our friend's house that lived pretty close to us and they had a furnace and that's where we lived for a couple days because that's how you got heat there was no heat in the entire city of tyler texas where i grew up i remember at one point my mom brought us to dairy queen because they had food and eat there and we hung out and i remember one of my most vivid moments of that it was i remember looking out the window in this ice storm and there was a semi tried to go up a hill and the semi got halfway up couldn't make it started sliding down the hill and took out every other car on the way home weird moment to remember but that's those are some of my memories of Texas. So at eight years old, my dad got a job opportunity. I believe he worked for Target at the time and he had a job opportunity. If I'm remembering the story, right, I'm sure one of my family members will listen to this story, uh, this podcast and be like, well, that's not the way it was. But we, he got a job opportunity in the North in Minnesota. And I believe the plan was we were supposed to live in like Minnesota for 18 months Colorado for 18 months and then back to Texas because my family really loved Texas. My mom and dad absolutely loved Texas. So um, at eight years old, uh, the plan was that my dad had already gone up to start working. He was like staying in a hotel up there. They'd bought a house. And my mom with me and my four siblings, that's right, I'm the second oldest of five, were going to drive up to 
Minnesota. No, I'm sorry. We were going to fly up to Minnesota and my mom was going to handle that. So um, my siblings go like this. There's my older sister, Megan. She's four years older than me. And then there's me. And then I have my sister, Emily, and then my sister, Rebecca, and then my youngest brother, Ben, all like two years after. It's like two or three years, each of us after that. So um, there's all five of us, my mom, and we're going to head up. Well, we were going to head up in September of 2000. I believe it was 2000 and I'm messing up my dates probably now, but 2000 or 2001, it was right before 9-11. And I remember the cars were being packed up to move up to Minnesota and my mom flipped on the TV. She got a call from either my dad or her sister or something like that that was turn on the TV. And I remember while the movers were outside packing up our boxes to drive up to the to, to Minnesota and we were going to get in a an airplane the next day. 9-11 happened. And, and I know all, a lot of you right now can think of exactly where you were with 9-11 happening. And it was a crazy moment. So obviously, we weren't going to fly. And so my mom packs up in September. So this was September 12th of 2000. Again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a, my phone in front of me. So you guys can mistake me. I'm, I'm blanking if it's 2000 or 2001. But um, September 12th, and we drove up to Minnesota. And that's where we started living. Well, the interesting thing about that whole process was at one point, my dad ended up um, not being at Target anymore. I don't remember like the circumstances, um, but he, he was no longer at Target, which I look back now and is hilarious because we didn't move to Colorado and we didn't move back to Texas. And it's why I've lived in the North for geez, what am I, 26 now? So 26 minus eight years, the, the last 18 years I've lived in the North because of that one decision, which is just crazy to me to think of sometimes. But we lived, moved up North. We moved to Andover, Minnesota, uh, started finding a small little church of Meadow Creek Church in Andover, Minnesota. And I uh, was homeschooled up through fifth grade, started in fifth grade. I started going to Meadow Creek Christian School, which was, of course, attached to the church. So about seven days a week, I was in one building. I was there either for church, or I was there for school, or I was there for sports, or I was there for youth group on Wednesday nights, or whatever. And and we were the type of family that, man, if, if something was going on in the church on Saturday, you better believe we were there. My mom was volunteering for something, and my dad was leading prayer. That's just the, the type of house we grew up in, and um, loved it, right? So I ended up meeting my eventual wife in third grade. That's right. We are high school sweethearts. We did not start dating or anything in third grade, but uh, she swooned for me when I walked in in fifth grade and asked her to borrow a stapler with my southern accent and she was just hooked on my southern accent and my charming southern personality ever since then and uh, started going through middle school high school all that stuff beth and i if you haven't met my wife beth her name is uh beth kirby now was beth anderson formerly before that beth anderson being her maiden name grew up as Liz Anderson. Most of our high school friends will call her Liz, which is funny, but she goes by Beth now or Elizabeth. Um, but she started, um, I don't know. How do we say this? I shouldn't say she, we started a little bit of like liking each other freshman year of high school. Okay. So we were in like a theater class together, freshman year of high school and um, really started liking each other. But my mindset at the time, I grew up in kind of a home, a little more traditional, like we didn't really date. And I couldn't drive yet, obviously, as a freshman in high school. And so although we really liked each other, I didn't end up 
like we didn't pursue it. Right. And I just was like, ah, dating's like not right for me right now. Well, the funny thing is then I started dating another gal literally right after freshman year. Like I'm like we graduated or not, but we ended and summer freshman year, I started dating this other gal and it was a fantastic two year relationship. Learned a lot in that process. Really enjoyed being with her. Uh, she was my first kiss, which is uh, crazy to say. You always, uh, um, uh, kind of remember your first kiss and, at that time, you know, that was a really special moments in my life, like sophomore, junior, into the beginning of senior in high school, dating this gal. She was fantastic. And, and it just ended up being um, towards the senior year of high school, um, towards the beginning of senior in high school, I just started going down a different path. I started thinking of what I want to do in my life. And unfortunately, I, I, I always feel bad. I feel like I broke this gal's heart, but I ended up breaking up with her because I just, I didn't quite see, see a future there. Um the way at least I, I saw my future. So um, we had broken up at the beginning of senior year. And a month later, I ended up going to a Halloween party that actually happened to be at Beth's house. She threw a Halloween party. And Beth and I during that time just kind of rekindled a little bit. We rekindled our friendship. We hadn't really seen as as I was kind of exclusive to this one girl. I I hung out with her and, and her friends and our friends a lot. And so I, I hadn't really almost seen Beth for a couple of years. And so when we re-met at this Halloween party, we rekindled the relationship. And after hanging out for a few months, I think February of that next year, that was October, obviously a Halloween party, we decided to make it official and start dating and really enjoying. And, and I laugh, I always joke, I've only ever dated two girls in my life and I married one of them and that was Beth. So we got married in um, uh, November of 2015, November 7th, 2015. All of you women out there were like, oh, he almost forgot the date there. Nope, I got it. 11 and uh, we dated for several years before we got married. And that there was a whole journey in that. So we ended up um, going off to Fargo, North Dakota together. Beth was supposed to go to NDSU, North Dakota State University. And I was kind of at this point in my life where things were not going super well. And this is where I'm going to start talking a little bit about the vulnerability parts of my life. Because at this time in my life, I did not have a good relationship with my parents. I did not have a good relationship specifically with my mom. And I look back now and, and you could look at things a lot of different ways, but I'm a firm believer that you have to take 100% responsibility for your life. And um, I wasn't doing very well in that area. I was being selfish with a lot of my actions. I was all about myself. I wasn't family focused. A lot of the lot of the stuff, but long story short, I ended up moving out of my parents' house right after senior year of high school. Um, kind of bummed around on some different couches um, for a little while, but eventually got this idea. Well, I'm really liking this gal Beth. If Beth's going to NDSU, I'll figure out a way to get there. So I ended up enrolling at NDSU that summer. Uh, could only get into a couple of classes. Couldn't even get into the dorms. So I lived off campus. I followed her up to NDSU without much of a plan, except for the fact that I need to figure out how to make money and I need to um, be with this girl. That was kind of my plan at the time. And so went up to NDSU. I remember asking my now father-in-law, like, hey, Mr. Anderson, can I catch a ride up with you to, to Fargo? And he was kind enough to say yes, even though he knew probably not a good idea. No, I'm joking. But and so we went up to North Dakota and we lived there for a year. I went part-time at school, uh, not super well. School wasn't the focus. Um, I think it was mainly just to be with Beth and try to kind of figure out my life. I joke that um, I took, I think, four classes, to no, two classes total, one each semester, just so I could be doing something. And I failed one of them. Funny enough, I failed public speaking, which was just, that's embarrassing. But 
I went up to North Dakota. We lived there for a year, failed half my classes. And I got to this point where I still felt unsettled in life. I got to the end of that freshman year at North Dakota State. They actually won the national championship in uh, FCS football that year. And I was unsettled and I was at a very dark place in my life. I didn't know what my future was going to be. I, I knew I needed to get a degree or I'll say this now. I thought I needed to get a degree to be successful. And I just, I don't know. I, I felt like a total loser. I felt like nothing was going right and I needed to do something to change my life. And so in my dark place, in my point of desperation, I ended up finding an army recruiter. And this is the part I've never told anybody before, but found an army recruiter and I joined the army. And I, without talking to Beth, who we were very much in a relationship at this point, without talking to my parents, without talking to Beth's parents, who who have always been very uh, wise to me and given me good counsel, I just signed up for the army. And that was one of the lowest points of my life because it was a moment of pure desperation. It wasn't a smart decision. And let me rephrase this, guys. I have nothing against the army. I Both my parents were in the military. My brother's currently in the military. I think the military is the greatest thing ever. But for me, I went there in desperation, not inspiration. I didn't go there to like save my country. I didn't go there with good intention. I went there because I felt so lost. I felt so just defeated in the world that I thought that was my only opportunity to like get the degree to be successful at life. So it was during the most darkest point of my life. And, and so I went off and, and then things got even darker because Beth and I almost broke up because that decision and not talking to her about it, not making that decision with her at all. We almost broke up. Now, fortunately we didn't. And although it broke her heart every single moment I was gone and I feel terrible for that, even to this day, I shipped off to basic training. And when I got to basic training, as you guys, if you know me well, I'm no longer currently in the army. I was there for about two months, did very well, passed all my tests. I've always been a pretty physically fit person. So push-ups, sit-ups, uh, the, the two mile run. I wasn't the best at any of them, but I passed each one, which was always great. There were a lot of people that could knock out a hundred pushups in a minute, but couldn't run a two mile run very fast. And I was, I was decent at each one. So I was one of like five people that actually passed the test doing very well, basic, not getting in trouble, being a good leader. I just got to this point that I felt God starting talking to me and being like, this is not the place for you. This is not the place where you're meant to be long-term. You went here, not following the path I had for you. You went here because of your own selfishness. You went here because you were in a dark place. And so I started having a relationship and conversation with the chaplain of the army, walking him through what I did. And he actually probably gave me one of the best pieces of advice I ever gave or have ever been given. And I'd like to share that advice with you guys. And he said, never make decisions when you're in a dark place and never make decisions when things are going very well. And I think that's huge because I think so often we make decisions we're in dark, lonely places that don't do us good long term. Don't do us even good in the short term. But vice versa, when things are going really, really great in our life and, and the money's coming in, the relationships are great and, and, and sales are on the rise or whatever it may be for you, we make decisions then that are also not good. And his point was don't make decisions in a dark place and don't make decisions when things are going good. And that incidentally snapped for me that I made a decision to come here when I was in the darkest place of my life. 
And I think God is telling me that that is not what I need to be doing. And so talking to the chaplain, talking to my drill sergeants, I, I give the army all the credit in the world. It was a fantastic process. There ended up being some sort of rule or something that as long as you leave within the first 90 days, um, it's as if you're never there. Something along those lines. I don't remember all the details now, but um, I was able to leave basic training within the first 90 days and uh, go home as if I was never there. And that was hard, guys. I, obviously, here I am, let's see, eight years later. And it's hard to talk about because I feel shame in that area. I feel shame that, you know, my brother and my mom, my dad, all, all army, all, all army veterans. And I'm the one that like, I quit that I gave up that I went home from basic training, but I had to stick with my gut where I felt God was leading me, where I felt those giving me wise counsel were guiding me that this is the right thing to do. And although it might look bad externally, God's got other opportunities for me and God's got other dealings for me. And guys, I should probably take a little bit of a pause at this point in the podcast to let you guys know I am a born again Christian. I am a believer in Jesus. I am a believer that Jesus will return one day and establish his kingdom. And so a lot of the languaging you'll hear in these podcasts in my stories is going to be Christ centered because I am a believer in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I am a believer in Yahweh. I am a believer in the triune God, the Trinity of God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And so I want to let you guys know at this point in the podcast that that's kind of where I'm at and a little bit of a little bit about myself. So so we're at this point where I leave the army, I come home, I'm ashamed, I got to figure stuff out. And that's when I made one of the best decisions of my life to go all in at something. I was someone in my life that I was, I was good at many things. I was talented at sports. I was talented at theater. I, I did and dabbled in a lot of things, but I was not exceptional at one thing. And that always bothered me. I always thought there were a lot of people out there that they were exceptional at one thing. And that's why they were successful. So I wanted to become exceptional at one thing. And as you guys know, if you're very close to me, uh, my wife and I are full-time um, Herbalife health coaches. Um, we work with nutrition clubs. And Beth had already started coaching with Herbalife at that point. And um, I had, I think, signed up as a coach, but I had never done much up to that point. And I came home from the army and I was like, if there's a time to make this work, we're going to make this work. So Beth and I decided together that we were going to go out and open up our very first nutrition club. Again, if you guys are friends with us or know us personally, you guys know um, right now we uh, have Riverside Nutrition open up in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. We've got Rivertown Nutrition open up in Prescott. Uh, we worked at and owned nutrition headquarters for several years, and we work with several other nutrition clubs in the Minnesota, Wisconsin area. But we had decided, and this was probably 2012 now, that we were going to open up our very first nutrition club because that made a lot of sense for a 19 and 20 year old to invest in and open up a, a store, right? But at this point, it gave me the opportunity that um, I learned early on with Herbalife. The founder, Mark Hughes, talked about it being Herbalife is the average person's best chance of making above average income. And that was something I always wanted to do. That, that was something that was always important to me. I'm not saying that making money is the most important thing in the world. But for me, that was a big deal. I remember I had a friend in high school who his dad was a dentist. And um, he had a very nice house. They had a pool in their house. And they had a uh, like a nice basement, PlayStation, all that sort of stuff. And I remember thinking, like, I, I don't know, I probably Googled it one day. But I uh, Googled, like, how much do dentists make? And I it was like $100,000 a year or something. But for whatever reason, I got 
got stuck in my head that I wanted to make $100,000 a year in whatever I did. And so when I heard that Herbalife is the average person's best opportunity to make above average income, I was like, hey, this might work really well. I can help people. I can be in the health and fitness world. I can make above average income and I can really make a difference on, on the community, on a difference on the world. So we went out and started looking for our very first nutrition club. We were going to open up this nutrition club, start impacting the community. And fortunately for us, our mentors now, Patrick and Julie Van Buskirk, um, came into our lives and took us under the wing. They said, hey, instead of opening up your own nutrition club, why don't you come into our nutrition club, which was Nutrition Headquarters. A lot of you probably know that if you're close to us, uh, Nutrition HQ, and, and learn from us. And so we spent the next five years learning from Patrick and Julie, hearing their language how they talk to people. And we really developed the leadership, the business savvy, the things necessary to not only make a a full-time income where we could quit other part-time jobs and do Herbalife full-time, but to really make impact on those around us, not only as clients, but team and, and really make a big community. And we owe so much of what we learned to Patrick and Julie from the stuff we learned from them over the years. So five years had gone by, we were learning, we were doing good stuff, we were making it happen. And Beth and I got to this point where things were going well, but we were ready to take it to the next level. So what we made the decision, we were living together, we had bought a house in River Falls, Wisconsin. We've got our dog, Indy, he's a Border Collie Pointer Mix. We've got our cat, who's a cat, I don't know, she's white and black, I don't know if cats have breeds, she's kind of a long-haired cat. Um, We're living this nice life, things are going okay, but we wanted to take it to the next level. So we made a decision, I believe this was fall of 2017, that we were going to move away from each other and open up another nutrition club. And what we decided is we have a cabin in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. I should say my my in-laws have a cabin in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. So we have a lot of family in Black River Falls, Wisconsin. And we were going to open up a nutrition club in Black River Falls. So shout out to Black River Falls. And so we made this decision that we were I was going to move away and make this happen. And if you guys don't know, River Falls, Wisconsin and Black River Falls, Wisconsin, which is kind of funny, is an hour and 45 minutes away from each other. So what that required me to do was to move to Black River Falls, have an apartment here in Black River Falls, which I'm actually recording this podcast from right now because we're still living this life a little bit, and open up a nutrition club in a community that I didn't know anybody besides a few family members and make it happen. And I'll tell you what, guys, that was one of the best decisions of our life as far as business goes. Because we moved Blacker Falls and the nutrition club, Riverside Nutrition Blacker Falls has been amazing. It's been open for about a year and a half now. Things are going great. The community has been amazing to us. We've made a lot of friends. And from there, it even sparked a fire with our team to start opening up even more nutrition clubs that more people could get impacted and more people could get a healthy shake, tea and aloe, get a healthy breakfast, get a healthy lunch and, and make an impact in the world. Now, again, I'm just telling you a little bit about my life. I figured this first podcast uh, is, is the things that um, are about me. So I'm not trying to get too big into Herbalife or what we do. I, I don't mean to do that. But I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of just our journey. Because to this day, we are still for a few more months uh, living separately. Now, I go home every single weekend. We're with each other a lot. But we had this vision to create something big. And how many cities in the world, in Minnesota and Wisconsin, could we help open up these nutrition clubs to make a positive impact, to help somebody lose 5, 10, 15 pounds, to help somebody feel more confident in the gym, to help somebody have more energy with their their kids. And, and that's kind of what it turned into. So 
that kind of fast forwards the life up to where we are today to the beginning of this podcast. And now the fun thing is, I can take the rest of these podcast episodes and share with you guys what else is going on in my life. So we're starting here in 2020 when this podcast is going to be released and we're going to have fun growing together. You guys have known as much as I can think of right now to share with you guys about my life. I hope, hopefully you guys have learned a good, good bit about me. Hopefully you guys can learn more about me. The more podcasts we go through and the more interviews we do and the more I share with you. But for now, I wanted to just say thank you for listening to this first podcast. If you guys are with me here at the end, thank you for listening to the purpose of this podcast and why it was on my heart and mind to share with you guys. Thank you for listening to my story and and how we are going to grow together and how how I want to present myself to you. And so thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart to listening to this first episode. Please subscribe to this so you guys can see when the podcasts are coming out. We're going to drop a new podcast every Sunday night. So you guys can look forward to seeing them at Sunday night and having something to listen to in the car with you, to listen to as you travel, to listen to so that you can have inspiration, motivation, and live a life well lived. Thank you guys so much. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.